1: Welcome to the Ball Hog of Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host Jeremiah Morrill, and as always, I'm joined by our co-host Dakota Davis. How's it going, Jer? Oh man, episode forty-three. That's right, our Valentine's Day edition. I'm excited. Four guys in a uh, four guys in a locked room talking politics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect, and no flowers, and no flowers. I requested
1: flowers, and they, we don't have them. It's gone terribly nope. wrong already. I apologize. This is uh, our show about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are involved in politics. We promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and people that we just find interesting. Sitting in as the uh, other co-host today, we have Mr. Cade Coger, the returning co-host. Good evening. How are we doing, sir? Good. Glad to be here. Glad to be here, as always. Fun stuff. And then on the other side, you uh, you heard the voice. It's uh, State Representative Tom Saunders. Of uh, Louisville, Indiana, Louisville, yeah. Well, Henry County zone. Thanks for having me. So, do you have your own IMDb? Uh, you were in Hoosiers, right? That was like your first claim to fame. Was your your cast member in Hoosiers? I don't know if that was
2: my first claim to fame, <laughs> but yeah, I was a, a free cast member to Hoosiers. So. Yeah, well, was I was like three days for a minute and a half of the movie. I think. So. You were in uh, in a crowd scene. I was. I was in the scene where they threw uh, the coach out of the ball game, and he turns it over to shooter. I was. Two people down from Barbara Hershey and Gene Hackman was a nice guy. Uh, Dennis Hopper was a nice guy. Barbara Hershey was the minute they said cut, she was gone. She was <laughs> out. Yeah. But it was it was a neat a neat time.
1: Oh, cool. So uh, we spent uh, we spent the weekend. Dakota, Kate, and I. We had a, a, a I guess we had our Valentines with our uh, with our significant others. We did uh, earlier in uh, on the week. Saturday night. Oh yeah, we yeah. Uh, we went. I we all, we all we took care of that too. But we Saturday night we all went out to uh, Morty's comedy joint in Indy. We did, and uh, Bowers, the guy that runs the place, took care of us. He had a table. We had a group of like twenty people. Tom that went to this comedy show, uh, and there was a guy named uh, Is it Bert or Brett Kreischer? It's Bert Kreischer. Bert Kreischer, mm-hmm. and he is the fellow that uh, uh, if you ever saw the movie Van Wilder, it's loosely based on his life life story. <laughs> so we we went to the late show for that, and. Uh, it was a it was a great event. Like I, my I don't think there's anybody in the place that wasn't like their face didn't hurt after after yeah. this guy, right?
3: My abs still hurt from laughing. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a great workout. <laughs> like, it was a good time.
1: So yeah, it was uh if you guys haven't uh, ever heard of him, uh you can look up the machine and it's a story about how he uh he was like a seven year student at Florida State University, yeah. seven years yeah. uh, Seven years for a four year degree. <laughs> and uh, he thought he was taking Spanish, but it turned out it was Russian. And he tried to leave the Spanish class. And the lady's like, no, I'm I need to teach this class and I will pass you if you just stay. If you stay in that seat, I will give you a C. Then he just kept staying. And he wound up like a minor in Russian, and he wound up going over to Russia, and uh, he joined the Russian mob on a train
2: accidentally. It was just a, you know. <laughs> the, <laughs> it's a story. Greatest story. And he made a fortune telling his life story. And yep. No, on.
1: he didn't make anything off the movie oh, no, at all. One. Yeah, <laughs> it, somebody lifted it, and he didn't get it, but he's a stand-up comic now and doing all right. Okay. Yep, the story starts out, and he says, this
0: is a story of whenever I was 22 years old and how I joined the Russian mafia. <laughs> And like as soon as he said that, everybody that was in the in the comedy club just erupted in cheering and clapping because I'm I'm pretty sure that for the majority of the people that were in there, um, that video was the first time that they were exposed to Burt Kreischer. I know it was for uh, for most of the people that I talked to and it was it was everything that I expected. And he did such a great job. I was so glad that we
2: had the opportunity to go. So did anybody ask him if they're meddling in our election? (laughs) (laughs) We never came up. We should have brought
1: Tom, and we would have. It would have been a good question because he came. If he stayed, Dakota and and uh, Cade they were they weren't able to stay for the the late part because it was like it was like two in the morning, and I didn't stay to meet the guy. But they, you know, they have drinks after, and you hang out, and uh, some of the other comics came up. But he was, took pictures, and then by the time he got upstairs, it was it was like one o'clock, and I, I told Sarah we're done. But Danny got to meet him, and uh, yeah, that would have been a good question if he had any intel on the uh, on the on the election, and if the Russians really had anything to do with it. Oh man! So then we did have uh, we had the big LP meeting over the weekend too. Dakota presiding chairman. Yes, it was a, it was a great meeting. Really,
0: uh, we had uh, we had a man by the name of uh, Tom Furkenhoff who. Um, came and he met with us about running for uh, the Sixth District Congress. Um, he was running as a Republican, so we kind of, we did our little vetting of him beforehand, our little, uh, our libertarian pr- uh, purity test, I guess. <laughs> and uh, he, he passed with uh, flying collars. And uh, so he ended up sitting in on the meeting, and it, uh, everybody, we talked about our business. Um, we talked about our numbers. And uh, I have here on the on the show notes that we, we gained um, at least one member in the past week, and that was that was Cade. We we finally convinced Cade to join, and uh, you picked that, a
3: side. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Fine, well, I finally welcome, welcome I f- aboard, I'm like a born again libertarian. <laughs> you s- baptized in freedom and liberty. <laughs>
0: you had changed and your. Memes. That was Dakota just trying <laughs> <and> to drown <laughs> you. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, you had changed your your. Um, Political status on on Facebook to libertarian conservative some time ago um, after we become friends, and I was like, I'm gonna get him. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be a member of my county Zeroed party. Zeroed in. Yep, you got your target set, and we got him. And uh, that that What's brings that? our total up to uh, we have uh, we have 18 members in
1: Henry County. It, it's There's like a, Amway now. You just need to have Cade find two, and yeah, you find yeah. two more, and we just you just keep growing. Except I don't get any of the money from being on top. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, well, cool. That was that was fun, and we've got. Uh, there's a big, uh, big LP convention coming up for the whole District Six area in uh, in March. So we'll get into that after, yeah. uh, once that's fully planned out. So sitting here with us, patiently waiting is a uh, is a longtime friend of mine. I, I've I've known Tom since uh, the first year you ran for office. There, I tried to get my mom to dig it out, and we couldn't find it. But there's pictures of me back in high school w- walking around in uh, my yellow Tom
2: Saunders, First State Representative, sweatshirt. Did you not also have a the goat? I did have a goat, yeah. Yeah, I ran on property taxes. Yes, and you and your sister stood outside the Smith Building with a goat, if I remember right. That was some friends of ours. Friends was, of the, you f- were yep, well the I was. Yeah. A, I was probably.
1: Yeah. A, yeah, I was a known associate. Taxes.
2: <laughs> taxes got your goat. Saunders needs your vote. I remember that <laughs> slogan. That
0: was, well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was told. Uh, every week before the show so i was a little thrown off today by being by it being wednesday and not thursday but i always go and see clay morgan the barber and uh he asked me who we were having on today because uh i don't know if you know this but clay was clay is one of the co-hosts for boss Hog of liberty and uh he asked who was coming on the show and i said it's a uh, representative tom saunders and he said to make sure that uh, i say hello from your good friend clay morgan
2: Back to him, I, I I did a little research on you guys. Saw that he is a a co-host with you sometimes. Yep. So.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, we've had uh, this is episode forty three, and I think I think Clay's probably done uh, six or seven of them at this point, yeah. somewhere in there. He was a guest on probably episode seven or eight. So that's it. You're a guest, <laughs> then you come back as a regular, and then you've got the welcome. Okay. You got the door open okay. to you. Yeah, anytime. And that's how we built our way up
0: in in uh, the the world of politics to where we're having state representatives and people running for Congress on is saying, oh Clay. Clay Morgan is a county councilman, and he sits on the in the chair. And uh, so then uh, that gave us our credibility. Okay.
1: Well, Tom's Tom's our third state legislator, so we've got 147 left left to go. And several of those are retiring, so they they <laughs> probably won't. Well, so, I know you had Melanie Wright. Who was your other senator? Kreider has been Kreider. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We had actually booked Senator Kreider when he was running for uh, state or for Congress this District Six seat, yeah. and then it worked out that you know we had. Something happened. He had to cancel. and We had to shift it around, and we were able to have him on, which is great anyway because he was able to preview
2: the uh, the legislative session. I appreciate you guys working with me on a Wednesday night, yeah. Thursday. Was staying,
1: <laughs> it worked. So it worked it. out well. You you guys are right in the middle of the session, so I mean, it's not a. <laughs> we really appreciate you getting yeah. you know finding a, finding time to get here as well.
2: well I appreciate it. I mean, last week was the halfway point, so uh, we started hearing Senate bills this week, and we're out of there by the fourteenth of March by law. So. We could get out of there a little earlier it'd be fine with you most just, people, I think, including the people of the state of Indiana.
1: You can just kill the bills now and call it good, and then <laughs> and then you can all go home, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to do anything
2: from here. You're just... Uh... It's supposed to be emergency things on the off-year <laughs> election, you know. We have to pass a budget in a long session, and so we had just as many bills filed in a short session as you have in a long session, so...
1: We're hearing some things that the sound is not all that great, Dakota, coming out of, your, uh, coming out of the live stream... If we can work on that, I'm not sure if you've got uh, if you've got a little bit of gain over there, you can help out. Uh, I think the podcast itself is going to be fine on the audio, but we'll we'll try to do something here with the video, and you guys can give us some feedback out there in the world if uh, if you can do it. Yep, they're saying that's much better. So, there we Mission go. accomplished. Yep. So, Tom, let's let's talk a little bit about how you got to be a state representative. You started in in, in Henry County. You're from here originally, right? Mm-hmm. You had to try or one of the preceding schools.
2: Born and raised in Louisville, always had a love of history. Uh, if you want to hear the boring story, sure. Uh, went to Louisville eleven years. Graduated the first co- graduating class of Tri High. I guess Dakota's a yes, alumni. I, uh, there also, I'm, a, I'm also a uh, Tri High graduate. Yeah. Uh, when we went, the school wasn't finished. The lockers weren't there, and you know, we still had the Louisville Spice and Strong Click. I there were 18 kids in my class up until the senior year. We went to 74. Matter of fact, I had eight of them join me at the state house on Monday for a little. Tri-High Class Reunion that we oh, hadn't had cool. for 40-some years. But um, as a senior in high school, we were right in the middle of the Vietnam War, and I wrote uh, Richard Nixon a letter saying I was going to be in Washington over Thanksgiving vacation. had a petition on the Vietnam War. I wanted to stop by and present on behalf of the students' faculty at Tri-High School. I was a student manager for the high school basketball team. And the Friday night before Thanksgiving, I'm in the shower getting and I go to the ballgame. My mom comes to the bathroom door and says, you want it on the phone? And I said, well, who is it? <laughs> well, they won't say. And I put a towel around myself and walked into the kitchen where the landline hung on the wall. <laughs> and the gentleman said, Tom Saunders, yes. Senior at Dry High School, yes. My moment please the White House calling. And I kind of dropped the towel and sat hey, down. <laughs> the special assistant to the president came on and said the president had received my letter and, my peti- and would receive me and my petition at 9 o'clock on Wednesday morning. And I thought right then and there that if an 18 year old kid from Lisbon, Indiana can get the attention of the President of the United States, you can pretty much do anything you set your mind to. So, yeah.
1: and that's uh, the reason you're sitting in a third bedroom podcast studio right <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I've come to, yeah. From the shower to the bed. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, on Valentine's Day. But, yeah. but you know, I, I, uh, I've always loved it. I was kind of a puny kid, allergies and stuff. So in the summer, I had to do a lot of reading. And I like to read history and presidential history and it's just been a love of government. Uh,
0: we uh we run into your your son Patrick uh quite often, you know, seeing him out at actually we saw him after the meeting at Montgomery's and uh he mentioned that that you are a huge history buff.
2: I write a decent letter, they tell me. I uh for the last seventeen years I've I put a travel group together. It started out, it was Republicans, and we called it the Roving Elephants. Mm-hmm. But then we had some Democrats want to travel with us. So the name of the travel group now is the Roving Elephants and the Wandering Asses. <laughs> 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 but we've been lucky enough to visit. Uh, over the 17 years, we've met with both President Bush's. We've had a lunch in church with President and Mrs. Carter. Uh, Lucy Johnson, LBJ's daughter, met us at the ranch in Texas. David Eisenhower, the grandson of... President Eisenhower's son-in-law of Richard Nixon, met us at his grandfather's farm in Gettysburg uh, on the 50th anniversary of uh, John F. Kennedy's assassination. We were in Texas, and I wrote a letter to the detective that was handcuffed to Lee Harvey Oswald when, when Ruby shot him. And he came and had lunch with us, had the white hat on, tried oh, my damnedest cool. to get that hat and couldn't get it. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting to hear history from the people that lived it. Oh, yeah, you know, Absolutely
0: yeah i love history as well uh what do you have a favorite period of time in uh in in history in u.s or the world does
2: not matter i i like u.s history now i went last last evening and saw the churchill movie that's new and uh, so you know just my wife says i've got all this useless information in my head that uh, <laughs> i was lucky enough to be invited to washington last october the Trump administration invited all 150 legislators and all Indiana County commissioners across the state for a one-day meeting. And um, Mike Pence's chief of staff, was a friend of mine. So the night before we went to dinner, and he and I were both trying to outdo each other. And uh, he said, now, when you go in the vice president's office tomorrow, I want you to sit down at the vice president's desk and we'll pull the drawer out and you can see all the signatures of the presidents that have sat at that desk. And he said, but you'll notice that Harry Truman's signature's in that desk, but he dated that 1965. He wasn't president in 1965, and I said, I think it has something to do with Harry Truman and Bess getting the first and second Medicare cards, and I think LBJ went to uh, Independence and signed the bill, and I said, I think that was in 1965. I bet that has something to do with it, and he said, damn. He (laughs) said, you're right. He said, uh, when they went out there to sign the bill – President Johnson said, to president Truman, you didn't sign the desk." And Harry says, well, send it to me, and I'll sign it." Well, it weighs a thousand pounds. Well, send me the drawer. So, <laughs> so some more useless information. Oh, that's awesome! No, that is uh, that is totally cool.
0: So, uh, you you mentioned your uh, your roving elephants club and your trips to Washington, and uh, I th- I think that you guys went to the to the U- Washington D.C. to watch Trump's inauguration. Did you I, did you have to fight off any people
2: during the riots? We or? did. Uh, it was it was different. Uh, I had 125 people that traveled with us. Oh, wow! And uh, this is your roving uh, roving, uh, elephants. He, he, yeah, you know, roving, no your wand- roving your group. There was no there was no wandering asses. You left the asses guy. behind. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I got my wife and I received an invitation from the friends and family of the vice president. So I mean, I thought that was a pretty big deal. So on the morning of the inauguration. Uh, I got everybody on the Metro and I said, "Now I'm leaving you and you're going to be on your own because Sue and I are going this direction. So we leave them at Metro center. We're going to the Naval Observatory. (laughs) No, we didn't get there. We don't buy it. So, um, we go to a hotel, we go through secret service. They give us an armband. They put us on a bus. They bus us to the Capitol building. We walk in. Here's a section, a sidewalk, and another section. We're in this section. And as soon as we got there, somebody yelled, hey, Tom, what well, was the group I had just left in the metro <laughs> station? So, so we didn't better ourselves any at all. You were, you were three feet ahead. But, but the protesters and um, the next day, the, the Women's March, it was uh, one of the ladies that was with us got knocked down by a mass protester. Oh, man. And her husband punched the guy out who happens to be an elected official from somewhere in the state of Indiana? oh my goodness well, the protester went and got a police officer and the police officer came over and he said to the he said this man says you struck him and he goes i did he knocked my wife down and he told the protester good i can't hit you but he can so get the heck out of here <laughs> but we came back with the same number we left with so that was yes that's always, that's always good. good whenever i was trying
0: to uh i was trying to look up you know the the roving elephants because it was it was one of the things that we knew we wanted to talk about and i hadn't heard anything about it so i i ended up uh, looking them up uh, looking you guys up and looking up uh i guess uh, the trip to washington dc and was there a was there a news reporter that that went along with you guys and kind of documented it? there was a
2: fox news reporter that traveled with us uh we had two buses we started one bus down in uh, Shelbyville, and another box, a bus started in Columbus. And I'm sorry, I can't think of the name of the reporter right now. It was, uh, it was yeah, yeah. I, I don't it, remember now it, either. But it was a
1: it was a Fox News national guy. Yeah,
2: yeah. And they followed us, and then then uh, they wanted us to be live on the mall at five o'clock in the morning. And I said for two minutes. I said that means we got to get up at three to get you there. You know? Uh, oh no, it'll be more than two minutes, but it wasn't any more than six. I know, but it was still something neat to do yeah that yeah that is really neat so uh,
1: your perspective on on getting to the state house is a little bit different than most where you you're not an attorney no or and you you're not, you know you not you know you came up through county government right? right or I
2: guess even township government right I started out as I was a, I got married in uh, January of 75 January and I became trustee in January of 75. And at that point, um, township trustees, you know, you're, you're in charge of fire protection, cemeteries, poor relief. And in the 70s, you had commodities. So the government would send big blocks of cheese and cornmeal. And people were at my house at 6 o'clock in the morning and 9 o'clock at night. And So
1: what the – that's a great. This is actually very timely. Yeah. So we, we saw the SNAP program is something the Trump administration is playing around with, maybe just like doing a – Almost like yeah. a bark box, and just mailing yeah. you your stuff.
0: A lot of the stories are saying that it, that it's kind of like a, a a blue apron meal, which is you know the the subscription service where the the uh, food is already prepared and in the ingredients, and then you just cook it at home. And uh, that that is uh, apparently the Trump administration's uh, bright idea to um, to kind of fix the uh, the SNAP issues that we're seeing. Um, and, you know, I we've been talking or I I know last night on, on Facebook alone, I was involved in three different threads of <laughs> conversation around this topic. And um, I, there's a lot of misinformation about it. And I'm, I'm kind of concerned that it. It, honestly, because it's got Trump's name decided, it's been tainted as just a horrible idea.
1: So over time, this this process has changed. I assume this was a federal program that got – or a state program that got administered through the townships. Right, the and Commodity they also program. had
2: revenue sharing where they sent money back for fire departments. And, and it's also timely because last, last week in the General Assembly, there was a bill to eliminate and consolidate townships of under 1,200 people, yeah. which affected four. Three, in, three or four in Henry yeah. County, right? Yeah. It was going to be like Franklin and – Franklin, was Dudley? Dudley, Stony Creek, and Blue River, and then I had nine of them that affected down in Rush County. So uh, there was another legislator, and I was pretty passionate. And uh, I'm not saying there's not problems in the township, but what we were doing wasn't going to solve those problems. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a the, the, there's definitely an argument to be made that that's the that's the government that's close to the people, and they don't have huge budgets, and they you know they're you know the poor relief and the the, the services that they're providing are you know. A lot of people argue that the problems with government are at the highest levels, not at the not at the lowest
2: levels. Well, more than likely, you know, somebody comes as a trustee for for food assistance. You know, we need somebody to help us pay our heat bill. Somebody's sick, we don't have medicine. It's a quick response in most instances. The township trustees know their people. They know the people that need the assistance versus the people who are just milking the system. Right. right. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty decent. I think it's a pretty decent um, service. When it came time for me to run for re-election, my wife asked me not to do it. Not to run for <laughs> not to run for re-election. Is it's, but,
1: a, it's probably you're making I don't know a couple thousand dollars a year maybe. And I, think I, 20, all I think of I day.
2: made twenty five hundred dollars a year, and uh, you know we hauled people to the doctor, we hauled our kids to school. I, I enjoyed helping people. I en- I enjoyed it, but it was, we lived in a three room apartment in Louisville. We had just gotten married. You know, it was. Uh, uh,
0: that's a lot. To t- <laughs> that's a lot to take on from a. Okay. Yeah, it would have from been basically Dakota's who, age. Dakota's yeah. 22, so that would be basically you'd be yeah. the Henry Township yeah. trustee at yeah. this yeah. point from, in your life. From somebody who – who uh, I, I just got married, too. That I'm, oh, that would be a lot of so stress. So you'd have people
2: knocking on your door. you keep the cornmeal and the cheese in the basement because you had to keep it cool. And, uh, you know, it's uh,
1: – Wow. So you went from that to uh, to then – you worked in the, the courthouse as well? Yeah, you want to hear that story? Sure.
2: Yeah. It's, <laughs> well <laughs> – Sue and I had been married for seven years, and we didn't have any children, and she'd worked for a doctor, and we, I had done some antiquing on the side, and uh, we discovered we were going to have our first child. And we had insurance, but we didn't have maternity insurance. So I had helped the guy get elected county commissioner, and I went to him, and I said, I need a job. And he goes, well, <clears throat> we're going to fire the courthouse janitor, but you don't want that position. And I said, well, how much does it pay? He said, well, it pays $8,000 a year in health insurance. I said, well, if you don't mind, I think I'll take it. (laughs) Well, the next morning, the the county assessor called, Wayne Holcomb. And when you were a township trustee at that point, you were also the township assessor. So you took care of personal property and you met the farmers every year to fill out their forms. And Wayne came to me and said, I hear you're looking for a job. And I said, yeah. And he says, well, we got a job in the assessor's office. I said, well, what's it pay? And he said, pays $8,000 a year in health insurance. I said, but I'd be stuck behind the desk all day, right? And he said, yeah. I said, I really appreciate it, but I think I'd rather be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> get, get a little more freedom. <laughs> so I was the courthouse custodian for five years. Uh, they were hiring somebody to mow the yard and hiring somebody to paint. Uh, the courthouse clock hadn't worked in 20 years, and I I just did that. I love old buildings. I'd go up and pedal with the clock and got the clock to work, and we planted – Flower gardens on the lawn, and
1: I do that job now. Once every May, I go out with the 4-H junior leaders, and we're out there mulching. The, and <laughs> <laughs> that for the last ten. I'm re- I'm Tom's replacement on that yeah. front. Of course, at that time, it was a working courthouse too. The justice center wouldn't have been right, there. Right. So it was wasn't were, there. No, yeah.
2: and I was there. Was it was mostly all women, so I was I I had a male a female matron that helped me clean the women's restrooms, but everything else we did. But so, and I'd always been I still involved in the party and and uh, I was approached about running for uh, uh, county chairman republican chairman and and uh, the guy that hired now, me Now, it,
1: it, at that time was that a job that uh, it's just somebody's turn or did was it a did you have to was it a knife fight to try well, to become uh, county at chair at that
2: job you got you ran the license branch oh so so, you guys had political perks back so, in the yeah, day yeah so you hired and fired the people and if you made any money at the end of the year that was yours so oh, some you people came to me and said why don't you run for county chair and I put my that's name. That's where you it.
1: got the 33R1 license plate from. That's, that's what. That's the no, roots that of was, that. That was a county chair's
2: plate. If
0: you, if you, uh, if, if, yeah, I know it was dark outside whenever you pulled up, but the, the gray Dodge Ram that sits outside, the uh-huh. license plate on it says 33L1. and you had to pay extra for that, too. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> used to pay us 40 bucks for yeah. a vanity plate. And
2: see, the county chair used to control the first hundred plates, the 33R plates. And those mostly went to the precinct committee men's side. So, uh, the night they were going to have that election, the guy that hired me uh, said, Now, if you go through with this, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm one of those people, don't tell me I can't do that because I'll do it just to show you I can. And, so I went upstairs and I lost. And I came back down the big steps at the courthouse and he was at the foot of the steps and I handed him the keys. He says, What's this? I said, Well, you said I was fired. And he goes, You didn't win. <laughs> he said, uh, "I got plans for you." And he goes at that point, Mister Holcomb was had cancer, and he said, "We're going to need to replace the assessor," and that's where I think you need to be. And I said, "Well, there's people in that office, and there were women in that." He said, "We don't need a woman in that position," which was kind of chauvinistic on his part. So Wayne did pass away, and there were. I can't remember if there were seven of us that ran and it took nine ballots, or there was nine of us that ran and it took seven ballots.
1: So this was a, you, you were, the precinct committeemen were precinct filling, com- filling a spot. Yeah.
2: I had to have 19 votes to win. I had 13 votes on the first ballot. I ran against the deputy auditor, the deputy treasurer, the deputy clerk, the president of the county council, <laughs> and a school bus driver from up north, and I'm the courthouse janitor. I have the... Uh, Headlines of the monthly Star the morning after I won. It says, Courthouse Janitor Sweeps Assessor's Seat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: man. So, that, that's the greatest headline. Yeah. Uh, that, that's awesome. And, you know, when I ran for the state representative, it became a political issue. You don't want to hire the janitor. and But, you know, I could have went on welfare. Right. But I wasn't brought up that way. And uh, it was a job. It paid the bills. And... Uh,
1: so, that's awesome. So since that time, you were elected to the state house, uh, I guess, in 96. 96 so you're 20. Yeah. 22 years. 22 years. Yeah. 22 years. Say yeah, that you, were <laughs> you were uh, 22 years and you want to do it again. You haven't got it right yet, Tom. I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey,
0: you were at, uh, uh, were you sworn in uh see, let's see, how old was I? So, right. you, like, you were... I
2: was in 96. You probably... probably I, was, I, a, I was the first baby of the new year. Oh, it, in 96. 96 yeah. Oh, okay.
1: okay. See, so, yeah, you would have been celebrating your first birthday when you got sworn in.
2: Well, oh. in January of 96...
1: It would have been the election of 96. Yeah. So, start of 97. Yeah. You would well, have no, been no. one. No, was the
2: election of 95, and I took office yeah. in 96. Oh. So. Well, yeah. You've been in... Yeah. yeah. Th-
1: this is how long you've been in office. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, that's and good, I feel old, too, because yeah, I was working with your yeah, first campaign. Yeah, that's putting it that in perspective,
1: <laughs> isn't it?
0: Uh, Wait, you worked on his first campaign? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my. I know you said that you campaigned for him. I didn't realize it was the first one.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, I don't know, at 96, I would have
2: been 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And see, in 96, uh, I, uh, I had been approached by I, – I became the county assessor. I became president of the Statewide Assessors Association. I was going to be president of the Association of Indiana Counties. And would have been had I not been elected. So um, I'm, I'm getting old. I lost my train. Where was I going there? Uh, but, you know, it was a it was a job. Oh, I know. I had been approached by the Republican Party in Indianapolis a couple of times to think about running against Doug Kinzer. And okay. and I, I said, Doug Kinzer's not beatable in Henry County. And, and I said, I'd like to run for the job sometimes, but I want to win it, and I can't beat Doug Kinzer. And uh, so, when Doug resigned to take a position with Governor Frank O'Bannon, then I announced the next day I was going to run for the office. But it, you know, it was held by a Democrat seat. They appointed somebody to fill his vacancy. So it was it was one of the top tiered seats in the '96 election, and we spent a lot of money. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a. Uh, it- i having having run for the seat myself in twenty twelve i it was my turn i rex Bell had run a number of times and it was my my I, got, I drew the short straw so it was my turn to run for state rep and uh yeah we i think I was a four or five thousand dollar campaign and it was all twenty dollars here and there. It's not easy uh, you know raising the money and I, you know going through the process it's individual donations and then it's also. I assume you have fundraisers you attend, and then some legislators raise more money, uh, and you have transfers between the, from the state parties and from different organizations.
2: It's changed a lot since the first election. Used to, other reps would send you money, and now the HRCC, the Republican Campaign Committee, as a member, I'm expected to give them money, and then the speaker decides where that money's going. So, okay. But uh, I think the first race, we spent close to $100,000, and I, I couldn't fan on that. When they told me, you've got to raise. Thirty thousand dollars, and I'm thinking there's no way in half I can
0: make thirty thousand. <laughs> if, if you look above your head right there, Jeremiah, you can even see it on the camera. It, uh, you can see it says moral, and then it says state representative district fifty four, and then like caddy corner for this episode, it says Tom Saunders, your state representative. I, I don't know, uh, but you're uh,
2: head, you're still on top. Well, this, yeah. <laughs> this, it's my, my studio. studio. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think I we have a we have a really good spot for Tom's uh, yeah. sign right
1: right next there. uh by Mike we'll Kreiders and Melanie Wrights. We've got the uh, the Zach Lee District Fifty Four sign is up there. I don't know I, I don't know if I have any Brad Owens in here.
2: We've had I have one of everybody that ran against Do you? Me. yeah I, oh really. I had somebody. Yeah, he had had somebody snag one. (laughs) that's why I couldn't find one over there in Louisville
1: at the polling place. It was no, no, no. no. They were
2: never taken down before the. No, no, no. After when we go back out for the collection after the
1: fact. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the uh, yeah. So that was that was an interesting uh, interesting time. Still still searching. But you've got you've got a primary challenger this time. So you've got signs you're going to be putting out, and you're in campaign mode. Yeah, I uh, and elected. So you guys. It, the timing is, is is different for you guys as you're running cuz you're in session until march and then the you know your primary is may 6th 5th somewhere in there
2: well and uh, and and if you the november election difference than everybody else if you are elected to county council or commissioner you don't take office till the following january you guys start State in november it's midnight it's midnight on election day right because when i won that first time the next morning and you can't I couldn't be county assessor, so I went to work, but I wasn't getting paid, <laughs> and uh, I didn't know what else to do, and uh, some people came in to see me. They had a problem, and they said they'd went to see Dave Copenhavers, who I defeated. They went to see Dave, and Dave sent them to me, and I go, I don't know who I'm supposed to call, you know, so <laughs> it was it's so quick. Yeah. And, uh, so how does that, you've been in this 22 years.
1: It's a part-time legislature, right? So you've got that takes
2: ninety percent you, of your time if you do it <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: right. But you have to you have to find a way to cobble it together. Like we had Mike Kreider on; he's recently retired, right. and, and then uh, Melanie Wright was on, and she's a teacher, and she's got a, a sounds like a good situation where yeah. the Yorktown schools or the Daleville schools, I guess it is, are, are work with her.
2: How, how have you been able
1: to make that work at, you know, when you transitioned out, you were full-time at the courthouse, obviously that wasn't going to jive. So how does, well, and I said, it,
2: Oh, don't worry about it, Tom. There'll be all kinds of job offers. And, you know, so you go out there the first year is a long session. So it's January to April, it's getting to be the end of the year, the end of the session. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And the way they pay you, you can't live off at that time. You couldn't live off of it because it didn't come in correctly. And uh, leadership called me in. they go, what are you going to do for a living? And I go, you know, I was hanging wallpaper on the side. I think I'll go home and hang wallpaper. Oh, no, 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 no. And I go, what do you mean? No? Well, you can't hang wallpaper. And I said, I got to pay the mortgage.
1: You guys have got an Elvis impersonator in the Bridge legislature, borders, right?
2: Yeah. So why can't you hang wallpaper? Well, and when he was elected, they go, don't say anything about Elvis <laughs> being in the building. And, of fact, uh, Elvis and I roomed together with two other legislators one year. We We rented a house. But. I was lucky enough that while I was in the assessor's office, I computerized the office. And the company that we had purchased the computer system off of, uh, it, it just like it happened, he called me and he says, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. And he goes, well, why don't you come to work for us? And I go, well, I really don't know anything about computers. He goes, I don't need that. He said, you know every person in every courthouse in the state of Indiana. I need somebody to travel around Call on courthouses. Tell them what we're doing right. Tell them what, tell you what we're doing wrong. Then you come back to me and report that. So I've been pretty lucky that I've been with I've been there twenty two years. I left the company for two years and then they hired me back. Um, they give me the flexibility of being a legislator first. Right. I always felt guilty that I can't work five days a week. I miss the first four months of the year. Uh, I mean, who wants to hire somebody like that? Yeah. But uh, they've given me the flexibility to to do it yeah, yeah you definitely awesome. have
1: to find a unique relationship a unique situation Either be self-employed or find a way to make it or independently wealthy or independently wealthy not. yeah <laughs>
3: that's that's tough
1: from the henry county seat isn't it
3: <laughs> so during an election year are there some things you look forward to as far as campaigning
2: i i try to do it all the time i don't yeah. want i mean at one time i had 27 parades a year i buy tootsie rolls by the case uh, <laughs> and I always tried to hit the chicken noodle. And interest. you got a golf cart too. I got Did a you? golf cart. <laughs> yeah, that was my inheritance from my father. Um, I always try to do the thing so they can't just say they only see Tom when he wants my vote. So, right. Sometimes they get tired of seeing me, I think, but, uh, with my wife and I jokingly said we can tell you who makes the best. Chicken and noodles we can tell you who makes the worst chicken and noodles. <laughs> I,
0: I think that's a I think that's a really great philosophy to have though if you're a if you're a public official I think that I, I think I don't think anybody gets tired of seeing you I think that most people would appreciate the fact that you take the time out of your day to do that
2: well I think people I mean we get calls in Indianapolis and they go why are they calling us because they don't know who else to call right and if they got a problem they want you to listen to it and try to try to help that problem
1: Yep. So yeah, speaking of that, we had a friend of ours, Lisa uh, Lisa Crosby or Lisa Goldsberry. She had a constituent service thing, and I, this is probably a, a time for you to explain how that works. And you, you, know, you said it's a five day a week job if you're doing it right. Uh, she had a son who had got involved and was in the uh, the Pendleton Juvenile Detention Center, and had some disagreements with them. And he's he's out now and doing doing well, as I understand. Um, but you know they. When you have when somebody has a concern about you know what's going on inside of a and in, inside of a, a state prison or if you're trying to get you know you're trying to get something done with Indot or you know any of those those are issues that you get involved in or you end up facilitating
2: right and and I'm kind of different I will make house calls uh, I'll use an example there was a gentleman from Newcastle who had been in a prison I think up in Peru and got he needed a course in order to complete his sentencing requirements so he transferred to newcastle and um after he got to newcastle they told him he didn't qualify for the course so he writes me a letter so then i go out to the prison to see him and they said do you want to guard in the room i go no just put me in the room let me talk to him so he and i are in there talking and about that time somebody from the facility comes in and they're not happy that he wrote me a letter and they're she's she's laying him out and he's talking back to her and and um, i said just Go find out and come back and tell me why he didn't qualify. And when she left the room, I told the gentleman, I said, she was out of line, but if looks could have killed, you'd have killed her. <laughs> so I said, when she comes back in, you apologize, and let's see what we can do. Well, she came back in a little later and said, you know, you do qualify. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. So it took care of his problem. When I got ready to leave, I said, I apologize. She said, no, had you not come out here, we'd have never given her a second look. There's a lady in a nursing home over in Centerville. My wife and I went to see last week that the state of Indiana has had in the hospital for two years. She needs 24. She's entitled to 22 hours of home health care assistance. She needs 24 hours of home health care assistance. She's paraplegic. She's paralyzed from the neck down, has been for forty years, has lived by herself in her own apartment. She wants to go back home, but we won't give her two more hours of home health care assistance, but we've kept her in a nursing home in a hospital for two years at a cost of one point three million dollars. You're paying for that round year round right, instead yeah. of yeah. <laughs> so I Sue and I go visit her last week and she wasn't, in her opinion, getting the best of care. But she sent me a text the other day and said that since I'd been there she was being bathed regularly and she her care was uh noticeably better. So you know yeah, it cool. helps sometimes to pay a visit. So, wow that
0: has
1: to be an awesome feeling too. And right. that, that's something Melanie talked about as well, is that yep. you know, that's the, the, most of the legislators we've talked to, It's the, this constituent service is the biggest, you know the most rewarding part. Yeah, it is. It's not the Abdul-Hakim Shabazz is beating up too much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well,
1: so, uh, go ahead. It, I was, was going to just kind of transition into some of what's been going through this year. And I, I guess the bills you carried, we'll start with that, the, the things you had and – where they're, where they're at, how much transferred, what, you know, what yeah, you have happy we, made uh, it, what didn't make it, it were, start there, I guess, and I we'll guess, get into uh, the other major issues. I guess, uh, kind of just started out, we did have a question um,
0: from one of the viewers on the Facebook Live named Kelly Riggs, um, about a, a bill that you co-authored. It was House Bill 1369 that deals with, uh, teacher licensing for military spouses. And, uh, she wants to know that how, how that's gonna differ from the existing permit process.
1: Sixty
0: nine, not ninety six. I think you looked oh, up
1: the 69. wrong bill, Dakota. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. crap.
0: Oh, oh, you're right. I did.
1: You didn't oh. have a teacher licensing bill. Did oh, you? I, <laughs> that's uh, a that's,
2: that's, that's. I was a co-sponsor. Somebody asked me to sign. Did it? Did it pass? Uh. See, I there? I can't tell. You know, I I don't know if it even got the hearing. We were allowed to uh, introduce five bills. Right. I introduced one on. excuse me, exempt property. I want them, I want them to study the effect of exempt property on property taxes. When I left the assessor's office here in Henry County, we had like $50 million in assessed valuation. That's five times that now. And, uh, that means that what they're not paying for, you guys are paying more and we've got, and I don't want to tax the church. That's the first thing they say, Tom's after your church. I'm not, but churches and not for profits own shopping centers and, hill lake region apartment buildings and condominiums and i just want those properties to pay for the services that they receive okay so this
0: uh th- this bill 1369 this is the right one um it, it deals with uh unnecessary and unused law reports and it, it did pass um the yay votes were 87 uh excused were 12 and not voting was one so of the people who were who were willing to vote it passed unanimously okay.
2: And I'm sorry, I can't tell you what that is. Yeah, I'm not sure. If she wants to send you a contact number, I'll be sure and check on that in the morning, and we'll give her a call. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right. So how about the other bills that you had? And then I had one to study. Um, Unfortunately, only one of them got to be assigned to a committee, and that was the one on county ethics for local officials and uh, requirements that when a wind company came to town, they had to uh, notify the public they were interested in doing business in the community and what they had to do to them. But unfortunately, I didn't get a hearing either.
1: Okay. So you had, you had that the way that process worked, it got assigned, but then the chairman of the committee said, "Did ran out
2: of time or well, chose, chose to pocket I, I, I'll it. I'll let you tell me what happened here. Uh, the bill got assigned to local government. The local government chairman said that he would hear the bill. I had a bill last year basically on the same subject, and the chairman of the Utility Commission said, I'm going to hear that bill on my committee. So he heard my last year's bill, took testimony on it, I told the committee, I'm going to amend Tom's language that's in, uh, I think it's 1214, in local government. I'm going to amend that into this bill next week. Stay tuned. So then the com- he told the committee chair that was going to hear my bill. You don't need to hear it because I'm going to amend it into this bill, and then it was never done. So you tell me what they, happened. They <laughs> forgot about it.
1: <laughs> well, there's still time, right? Until until they're all done, you, you've got the, you've got to possibly well, get an avenue I, to get something back in. I talked to in. the
2: committee chair today about you know nothing's dead till we get out of there because so if I can find if I can amend that language into a bill and that passes one house, then it's still alive for me to try to do something with. So.
1: Yeah. So K- Kelly followed up. It was a regulation of confined feeding operations, which I, the the scoring system Henry County had was was something that was was pretty big. I didn't Did, do that this year. You didn't have anything on that one this year. Okay. okay.
3: Hmm.
1: All right. So there's nothing pending yeah. on that one. There we go. Um, all right. And then you serve. I guess you, you're on the local government committee. I'm the local government
0: roads and, I'm on roads and
2: transportation, and I'm vice chairman of local government relations.
0: Okay. So what does the what does the local government committee deal with?
2: Well, we decide on, we hear legislation pertain to anything. I mean, some of the things we've been talking about this session have been drainage, county drainage, uh, township assessments, township government, um, basically anything that deals with local government. Okay. One of the bills were, and I, that committee meets on Thursday morning at 830. Tomorrow we're talking about uh, uh, advisory board membership and how many staggering their terms and... Right
1: now, you've yeah. got a township advisory board. has got three people, three people. and you elect them all at the same time for for four years at a time. Right, right, right. So you get a chance that you you lose all your institutional knowledge at one time. You could lose. You could have a whole new board and a whole new, and a brand yeah. new trustee. So, there,
2: so if this bill passes, they'll, in the next election, the person with the most votes will have a two year term, and then the next person is elected two years after that. And so it'll after that period, it'll be staggered. It'll so, stagger out. Yeah. Sometimes when you move that stuff around,
1: it gets goofy. Uh, it does. Darren Jacobs got to go seven years between elections because they forgot, they forgot they had to run in Spiceland last time. <laughs> <laughs> we know small towns are really not
2: partisan, and they don't, they don't uh, have yeah. elections very often. Um, we,
1: we like to give Darren a hard time about that, but he's a good guy. He's our token socialist, and
2: yep.
0: he, he's listening. He's, 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 he's working
1: today on a Saturday somewhere, and he's, he's laughing at us right now. So you're on those
0: committees, and uh, one of the things I put on the show notes, because I thought that this was pretty cool, considering you are our House or our house representative, was that uh, you were, in 2014, you were Legislator of the Year, uh, selected by the Indiana Conservation Alliance for creating the sustainable – natural resources task force yeah so can you explain a little bit about what that what that well task force it, was, it is? was to
2: look at how we're preserving and using our natural resources um you know there's a big controversy right now about saving yellowwood forest down in, right in, in, yeah you see the signs everywhere tell yeah, unfortunately we're yellowwood. not saving yellowwood <laughs> <laughs> we we tried to do some amendments last week to do that but there again it's do you want for your party to make your governor look bad, so no, we don't. So that that didn't get
0: anywhere. So. Right.
2: I was also in nineteen ninety eight. I was the national legislator of the year. National,
0: national. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. And that was only. Uh, that was only. After see, two years. After two thing, years. Yeah. Well, After it, two well, years. It, well, a national
2: freshman legislator. Of the year. All right. That All right. was a. Big, it was a big honor. I think it was more political than honor. It, it made it made John Greg very <laughs> mad. I'll tell you that.
1: We hey, get John, John Gregg a little Green. bit when Rex was running for governor. Yeah. Uh, we we got to, I, I got to watch one of the debates with his wife. We were standing standing in the side stage, and uh, they were, they were very nice to us as well. I felt like we were going to have a good governor, no matter how it turned out. We were going to do okay this yeah. time.
2: I, I consider John Gregg a friend. If you ever read his book, he'll tell you he threw everything at me, including the kitchen sink. But uh, uh, we we turned out being friends. <laughs> he wrote about you in his book. He did. Yeah. Wow.
1: What was the uh, what was what was your chapter about?
2: Uh, well, he talked about different legislators, and he talked about me, and the first time I ever met John Gray, he wasn't very happy to see me, because I just defeated the 51st Democrat, and which drew us into a 50-50 split, so I was told right then and there that I wasn't going to get anything I could go home and hang my hat on, and <laughs> enjoy the ride, and, and that's pretty much the way it happened, too, so, but, you know, when I got there, you know, the party in power controls everything, so... Like, the Democrats aren't getting to do anything right now. The Republicans weren't doing anything then. So I made friends with Tiny Adams, who was a freshman Democrat from Muncie. And if I could convince t- Tiny it was a decent idea, then he would run with it. And then you'd right? have a shot. You know, if you don't care who who gets the credit for
1: it. Was Tiny – did he work at General Motors
2: or, he, have, or you at, he he UAW TIES? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. and. And he's since passed, unfortunately. Yep, I, but I knew that. I think he worked with my dad. He, he came, Gear up he came to my house for Christmas one time. And a couple of days later, he says, I got in trouble for going to your house. And I said, <laughs> Well, first of all, who told them you were there? And what <laughs> does it make? It, you know, it's. You the, know, I, the NSA is yeah. just too
1: strong, Tom. It's, They're spying on you. Well, even, it, even then, I guess. It's, hey.
2: You know, it, we get so much more, more done if you have a relationship with the person. We don't have it as much because when I first got there, you know, we'd debate at night, but then we'd all go out to dinner someplace, and we'd go bowling, we'd play basketball, we'd race go karts, and you had an interaction. You got to meet people as people. You learn what where right. they came from, their family, their kids, and uh, it was easier to work with them. We we don't have those relationships anymore.
0: Right, I, I think that uh, that that kind of was one of the things whenever uh, the uh, McKinsey for Congress people were here and uh, Brad. Ploppenstein came with them and he was, you know, he's lobbied in the the legislature about alcohol laws and things. And he's like, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things about, um, about being in the legislature and being involved in this is just, you know, knowing, like, like seeing the people face to face on the regular talking and, you know, and I think that he brought up, you know, um, if you go to the same church with them, your kids playing the same little league team. And I, I think that that's, we, we heard it from him who is lobbied in front of the in the state house and now we're hearing it from you a a, a actual legislator and uh, how it works on on your side too working across the aisle with people I think that's really neat I think that's a really cool thing to to hear
2: you say well and you hear that in the olden days in Washington they didn't come home every weekend you know they went to church together the kids played together they had a relationship together and now the dysfunction in DC I think has to that has to be part of the problem yeah yeah absolutely and i said you know it's bad enough to get called to the governor's office on the carpet i can't imagine being called to the president's office
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's yeah how often do you get called to the governor's office this uh, by governor well let's start with the beginning
2: (laughs) well under this governor not not any and mike pence didn't call me Mitch Daniels called me on the carpet a couple of times. I mean, I was the only Republican that didn't vote for the property tax caps. Not that I didn't think – Well, know, they were a,
1: they were questionably constitutional, and then they threw them in there. Well,
2: it was a good campaign slogan, in my opinion. And your taxes – you know, they said your taxes would never go up. Well, they have. How many of you – we didn't cap the assessment. We capped your 1%, 2 and 3%. So – Right. and the governor called me downstairs and you're going to vote for this and I said I'll vote for the caps if we don't put them in the Constitution until we see what it's going to do to local government because unfortunately nobody wants to pay taxes but they still want the services the fire truck the police and the jail and the courts and the first stage unit and um,
0: no, I said, think that uh, that's one of the things as a as a libertarian what uh we talk about all the time because Jeremiah and I uh, both say we're, that we're pragmatic libertarians. We're not the the yellow and black anarchists that have moved to New Hampshire or anything. So we, we accept the fact that there are some things that government uh, has a responsibility to do and that, that
1: there it has to be paid for somehow. Mm-hmm. So, something else that came up today, it was an Are you familiar with the Citizens of Henry County group on Facebook? Have you, has, this, has this made your radar yet? I don't a, do Facebook. I'm there, sorry. There, there's <laughs> about 6,000 picketers that are p- people with pitchforks that that, uh, that argue about things on the internet. Uh, but it provides for a lot of good content. It's mostly Henry
2: County. Books. I will tell you, there was a time in my life when I was the topic of that Facebook about 12 years ago. And. People would tell me I needed to read it, and I'd read it, and it'd make me mad. And I thought I can't live if I read this. So I can't I, do this. I, I, I do. just
1: <laughs> So I, I understand. There, there was a you had a bill dealing with drainage and and how county tiles and those sorts of things work, right? Right. So I and this was the big topic today. So I want to input or you know try to help me understand the process. You're here today, so we'll talk to you about it. But I don't know if it's a if it's supposed to be a surveyor issue, if it's a commissioner issue, if it's a property owner issue, what it is um in the westwood area there's a a handful of houses that are that are built on greensboro pike mm-hmm. and uh they've got flooding that happens comes out of a farm field to the west and then these guys have got water coming across and they've got this flooding that happens the house has been there for 80 years 100 years so there's i don't know if it's a county do- t- county drain tile issue if they're supposed to be dealing with that or are they supposed to be talking to the surveyor do they need to be working with the f- property owners to try to get new tile put in, what's what's supposed to happen there?
2: Well, unfortunately, you know, in the past when we've had construction in Henry County, they haven't always done what they the diligence in the very beginning.
1: I live in White Estates, and I'd uh, love to no, you know what IDEM's yeah, doing with yeah, my neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's
2: one. Of the, that's one of the examples I was thinking of when you yeah. said it. I mean, we've got a pretty decent hands-on surveyor in Henry County with Steve Rust, and and you know, it's a the commissioners are the drainage board, uh, so it's really. Have they gone to the commissioners' meetings? Have they talked to the? Surveyor? I think they've
1: talked to the surveyor, and it's kind of a well, it is what it is situation.
2: Well, it is because there's no money, right? Unless that drainage un- is under assessment. I don't know if it is under assessment. If it's not under assessment, they can they have to notify the property owners and have a hearing and put it under assessment, and you know they can go out and bond for it and do it, and then you, but you got to pay a month a yearly tax. The to people help that benefit from the drain right. and pay
1: back yeah. on their property taxes. Right. I assume, yeah. So that's the route that they have basically is if they don't have a, t- a county tile they can have one installed they can bond for it and then
2: if the th- commissioners will you know agree to take it in I I guess I need to go home and read that it's kind of hard to make a right. recommendation without
1: well, you've got people. You know, people go out there, and they've got you know. You feel bad. You've got pictures of you know a field that's flooded and it's hitting their house, and you're like, well, I don't. I honestly don't
3: know the answer. I don't, well, you
2: know. and we're doing we're doing so much ditching and putting tile in, which is making the water run away yeah. quicker. And we, you know, we're yeah. always supposed to have these. It's waters going to
3: be out. a lot of it situation dependent too. So it's going to depend on soil soil types. So you know where it's right. at and the topography of just that general area. I mean, there's some soils. It doesn't matter how much tile you throw at it. It's really not going to drain that.
1: Well. It's not going to go down. It's yeah. just going to stay on top, and yep, it's going to it's going to flow anyway. Yeah, Kate Coger Kate
0: is
2: our uh, is the Boss Hog Liberty the soil and tile expert. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've been to Middletown a couple of times on two thirty six. I think it is where we've been having a lot of flooding. And
3: yeah, that.
2: yeah. And that that was somebody put in a lake without a permit years ago and ran the tile into the road and. Tiles collapsed, and now the state's going. Well, it's not our responsibility; it's the counties. And he said, she said. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. It's time to put in a big box culvert <laughs> and call it
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, then, any idea what's going on with uh, with the white estates issue? With their because they were in the news last summer where IDEM was going to find the Henry County. Is that is? Do you know if there's any progress there at all?
2: And nobody's approached me about that. So you know, and I try not to go <laughs> to the county meetings and and voice my opinion because I'm not elected to do that. Right. There's been instances where I've been asked to attend and I have, and I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything, and then kind of get pushed into saying something. And it's you, you can't win on on a few issues that we've been debating. You mentioned KFOs long well yeah. ago. Uh, the wind you know you're going to make some people happy and some people mad and you just try to do what you think is best for them
1: is there anything do you think those are issues that just need to be county level and let the commissioners and the zoning processes take place or is it something where you think there needs to be state action there,
2: there are there are counties that don't have any zoning so i think there needs to be a limited state statement on our policy uh and i always said I like my milk and I like my bacon. I don't want to be a hypocrite, but it's all about location, location, location. And I went to a, it's probably been five years ago. I went to a meeting at the courthouse. We were going to redo our CAFO ordinances. <clears throat> and uh, I told them I'm not saying anything. I'm in the back of the room. And they had a guy from Farm Bureau and a lady from the Department of Ag. And the guy from Farm Bureau starts out, you people you people that move into the country and then complain about our odors and our farming methods and you people and you people and the, and the unfair tax system, because we subsidize you people. Our property doesn't require the same services that you people's houses do. And I sat there for about 45 minutes and then I raised my hand. I said, excuse me just a minute. I said, in my particular situation, the guy moved in within a half a mile of my neighborhood. I didn't move into his. And I said, you talk about the unfair tax system, I said, my property is assessed at market value. Your farm ground is productivity minus obsolescence and depreciations and soil types. And I said, you might be paying on a value of $1,750. And I said, yeah, you don't use our services, but you do use our roads to get your product to market. And I said, the days of a tractor and a couple of wagons is long past. You're using 18 wheel semis. You're tearing the hell out of the roads while you're doing it. And I said, so let's just bump your ground up to, to market value, $9,000 an acre. And we'll be satisfied. And I was a little hot. And he goes, sir, 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 you really need to take that up with your state representative. And I said, well, sir, I am the state representative. (laughs) And the room went wild. And the next day, Farm Bureau called and said, I guess we sent the wrong guy to Newcastle. (laughs) He didn't send the guy that knew the local market. It's all about being a good neighbor. That's what.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody can afford to be more kind nowadays, but. A lot of that with, with the KFO issue, you know, of course I'm a farmer, so I see it from my side. I understand, you know, neighbors a lot of the times, they have real concerns, totally understand their concerns, and there's just sometimes, like you said, location. You're going to have a good location, you're going to have bad locations. Um, there's places that make sense to put something like that, and there's places that don't make sense to yeah. put, you know, KFOs up. And I think the more we can come to a better you know, solution to problems like that. What I'm looking at as a farmer myself, um, I'm fourth generation, so my family's been here in this county for a long time. And um, as a family grows, as a farm family grows, um, I've got two brothers, an older and a younger brother. Um, and since my dad's been farming, he's been looking at options for us. We, we all want to farm. So you're looking at splitting a farm three ways and having options um, so we're we're pretty multifaceted my farm is uh, we do, we do row crop and then we have produce and then we also have livestock where we, we raise cattle just small scale um, but having options to where we can expand has been the big thing and the same ground needs to pay for three family three yeah, households yeah. instead exactly. of one exactly and you know and I've got I've got two kids now um, my older brother he's got two kids and my younger brother he's got his first child on the way and we're all getting to the point now where we're looking at the same thing as my dad has looked at yeah, and um, having that option to expand, you know, granted, you know, we do everything we can to keep our neighbors happy and we know where, where we're at. We've got a pretty good, you know, record with our, with our neighbors. I feel like our neighbors get along with us pretty well and we do everything we can to accommodate them. And um, I think, you know, Putting things like that in areas where they
2: make sense is, is really the biggest thing. And most operators are good and, and yeah. courteous neighbors. It only takes one, yeah, and, and, and it gives everybody a bad name. And, and, and
3: then and the KFOs thing itself, it kind of it kind of has a uh, it's like a good food, bad food kind of argument. It kind of comes down to like people think confined feeding operations are just um, you know bad for the environment, and I think if they're run correctly, then they're 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 not what people think that they are. Um, it doesn't pay to be cruel to animals it doesn't pay to have animals that are unhealthy and I really think that a lot of it is people don't have firsthand you know experience on a farm to understand how much time we actually do spend with these animals and how much we do really care uh, f- not only for the animals but for our neighbors and everybody around us as well because I see I see you post pictures all the time on your on your facebook
0: when, mm-hmm. uh, just the other day you were posting that you had calves and house yeah, how yeah outside we had our you guys first were that. here you know, this week
3: they, so we've We've been working on that, and okay. I like I said, try to post stuff, you know, periodically. I like to keep people kind of in the loop of what I'm doing because not everybody knows a farmer, yeah. So I like to be that person that people can get a hold of and say, you know, how does this work? And I can give them an honest answer and and show them exactly how we do things.
2: I got to make a correction. You asked, you said I had a bill on KFOs, and I said no, right? Everything's Sue Elspur, uh, not Sue airing Harrington from yeah, Muncie, Muncie had a bill, and she asked me to be a co-author. So yes, I did sign off on a co-author, but I wasn't the author of the bill. Okay, didn't mean to misrepresent that. Forgot all about it until we were talking about the <laughs> issue. Gotcha. All right. So the uh, and that bill didn't go anywhere. That really. didn't. Yeah. Okay.
3: And also considering that I think Dave Ring from up in Muncie, they're they fighting a KFO right
2: now. Um, I think in the northern part of Muncie, around Eden. Oh, Delaware County, is looking to get in one too. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, so, and part okay. of the
2: problem is NDOT. If you meet three requirements, they d- can't... DNR or d- uh, IDEM. them yeah. You, you gotta, got all these acronyms yeah. in everything. <laughs> they they can't deny a, a permit. Uh, so what, if I remember right, what Sue's bill did was, if there was a problem, uh, then they would have the right to to uh, refuse a permit. And just you know, you've you got some of the same bad operators building multiple facilities, and th- they'll tell us there's anything they can do to, to regulate them. So we were just trying to give them some teeth if they thought. But there's no...
3: Would that bill require a, a different permit?
2: No, it was just the same permits. But if, okay. you, if you'd had so many uh, complaints against your... Like a point system. Yeah. Yeah, That they could deny a permit. So it was operator specific,
1: giving the the permit office the ability at the state level to yeah. to do something
2: different. Okay. All right. All right. So I apologize. I didn't mean to, whoever that lady was a while ago, she'll think I lied to her. <laughs> it wasn't my intention. Was we'll
1: reach out problem.
2: to her and let her watch, watch is, the whole thing. We're each allowed five bills. Right. But then we've always been asked you find a Democrat. If you're a Democrat author, find a Republican going with you or vice versa. And she came to me and asked me to be a co-author. Uh, when Phil Flum was the state rep, he and I could manage to get some legislation on CAFOs passed out of the House. But when it went to the Senate, it always hit a dead end. So, uh, so
1: we, you guys have had the switch in, in the, so some of the bigger legislation pieces and things that have been in the news um, Medical marijuana went out, and it was—I guess that made it out of the house. And then, so did the
2: CBD oil CBD, correction. Yeah, and, the, and they were, they and were both, industrial were
1: they both hemp. and industrial hemp, and they were were they all unanimous out of the house side? Pretty, oh, pretty,
2: pretty close. I don't think anything. Most of our bills are bipartisan. There's just a few that became, the education usually are partisan issues, but the hemp, you know, uh, the we heard testimony and, and I saw parents bring their kids in who suffer from epilepsy or some kind of seizures, and they're telling us how the oil is. Able to cut those seizures down to almost none, and uh, you know you can't get high from that oil. Yep. The, the attorney general was saying it was illegal, so we were trying to clarify it so we could help these kids out if we need to. And the hemp, I mean, they're projecting for a farmer. Yeah, that could be a cash prop for you down yeah. the road. Like
3: I said earlier, it's you know be another option.
1: And that was a letter, so so. A kind of an open letter. You you, so you were kind of lobbying Senator Lysing a few months ago mm-hmm. or a few weeks ago when it passed out of the House. Yep. Okay. And the anticipation was it might end up on her. You know, she, yeah, chairs, in her committee. She, she chairs she, ag. She yeah. chairs ag, and I think it yeah. wound up in front of Commerce or Technology Committee. Yeah. Um, but I think she's on that committee as well. Um, but, yeah, it, it may not have as an easy a path over there as it did It did on the, in the House side.
2: But that's something the governor wants. So usually when the governor wants something and your party's in control, he gets what he wants. All
0: right. So what are the, uh, going on this uh, – uh going on this i guess it was house bill 1214 which dealt with the cbd oil and the uh um the industrial hemp but uh but what are your what are your views on medical marijuana i know that uh, jim lucas uh, who we who we follow really closely we follow jim lucas really closely and uh <laughs> and uh he uh, he shared a, an article today that's actually uh, that was about a lawsuit against Jeff Sessions and the DEA. Um, so at the federal level, yeah, at the federal level. But uh, uh, basically, took him. Uh, there was a there was a lawsuit that kind of dealt with uh, um, them trying to crack down on medical marijuana legalizing the states. And I know that uh, previously, whenever we've talked about uh, these uh, these issues, such as the industrial hemp issue. Um, that ended up passing it was uh, it was a fear of uh, federal pushback so I, I guess it, uh, you know this judge's ruling saying that that doesn't stand um, it 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 kind of kind of makes that non-existent anymore
2: well you're not gonna see in Indiana the legalization of marijuana f- for a long time I don't believe but I do think you're gonna see the the states try to introduce legislation that will take a look at the research on medical marijuana and see if it is something that helps, you know, and if this federal government, you know, fights us and will you know, there are state rights, but,
1: well, you're getting to the point now where you, I mean, it's a tipping point of darn near half the States have got it either. You know, I think yeah, about eight or 10 have it full on. No, yeah. no regulation at all. And then you've got 20 or so or 25, every state yeah, around us has a medical. 29
0: States have medical marijuana, which, uh, is what we pointed out during the during the uh, governor's State of the Union address whenever he said that 29 states have, uh, they don't have a sales tax on software. And he thought that since 29 other states have it, then uh, that's obviously a sign that Indiana needs to adopt it. But he's against medical marijuana that 29 states have like it. It's just kind of a funny thing to and point choosing
2: out, isn't it? It's like, yeah. <laughs> my dad always used to say, "If the kids would jump off a bridge, would you father follow them along?" So you know, there's. I think it, I think it's hard when they legalize marijuana. I think that's when the, the federal government's getting in charge because it is yeah. hard. You go to Colorado, you're going to bring it back with you. Uh, or at least the brownies. I, so we have this pa- we have this pace team,
1: and I every time they're you know the state police I, I get because of this media empire we've started over oh, here they, the state the state police email me their press releases now so oh, I get it oh okay and then I uh, I'll be like oh the the state police the pace team got another set of tourists that were going from Colorado from one legal state to another they're going from Colorado to D C across I seventy and they came through Henry County and now those guys are sitting in the Henry County jail because they had ten pounds of don't you wonder
2: how they know which cars to
1: stop. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, <laughs> yeah. I've said they're uniquely before, skilled.
0: Mm. I've said before that we watch live PD all the time, and it's crazy what these guys get stopped for. Like smuggling meth inside their doors, like 29 pounds or something, and they got pulled over for having 17% window tint. <laughs> that, you almost that's
1: so wonder hilarious. if there's not
2: somebody squeezing on them somewhere.
1: Oh, yeah. So uh, a couple other things that I wanted to hit up on. Uh, cold, uh, cold carryout or Sunday sales, th- th- those two issues, hand in hand, got, you got us halfway there, Tom. For this year,
2: yeah, <laughs> and the uh, carryouts were uh, the billing stations, uh, convenience stores. They had a luncheon in the atrium. You know, there were four lunches taking place in the building today. You could go with motorsports, uh, Mer- uh, Red Cross, uh, convenience stores. I forget who was up on the other four, but I saw somebody
1: giving blood today. I think Mike Kreider was giving blood yeah, today so with yeah, the
2: with yeah. the, the Red Cross group. Yeah, and they give you a lunch afterwards. There you go. Um, they were lobbying for the cold beer sales, and that's probably going to happen. The Red Cross no. was? No, 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 the, the convenience <laughs> store. The Red Cross <laughs> might have been, too, if you had orange juice in the packet. But, uh, you know, the Sunday sales, we're slow in Indiana. It takes time. and uh, But yeah. it was a question I asked of my survey, and I think it was like 73% wanted Sunday sales. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised yeah. it wasn't more than that.
0: Uh, my honestly.
2: only my only concern is, and, you know, we have a gentleman here in town. He owns, what, three of the carryouts in town, and mm-hmm. all his employees have to be 21 years old. They have to go through so much training. He can't sell anything but liquor. His, he can't even sell cold pop. It has to be outside. Well, that's next. Let him sell yeah. cold pop. Well, <laughs> but, but that's the, you know, it has to be a fairness issue. I mean, and I have a five-year-old granddaughter. If I wanted to go in and get a six-pack, I can't take her inside the store. Right. But at Christmas time, I could walk in Walmart, and it was right there in the aisle. And the the employees don't have to be 21. They don't have to go through training at the big box stores. So if we're going to do it, it needs to be fair across the board for everybody that's involved, I think. Right. I mean, I went to Kroger at Christmas time. The guy in front of me had two bottles with the locked caps on them. The kid that was sacking groceries came over and rang it through the cash register, went back to sacking groceries. The kid that was ringing it up who couldn't, who couldn't ring it up, unlocked the caps on top of the liquor. And I go, well, which one of you are 21? <laughs> well, neither one of us. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's what happens when, uh, you just, <laughs> You've got a, a law that's eighty years old, and you're trying to yeah. you're, you're trying to uncobble that, it. And protect people's turf. Yeah, that's, that's part of the problem. All right. Yeah. So another big thing we kept hearing about over and over and over again in the governor's race uh, when I was working with Rex's campaign. Everybody wanted rural broadband and wanted to do rural broadband. And we got people out here in in rural Henry County that can't Uh, get anything. That was another big issue on citizens
0: of
2: Henry County. Is
1: that something that the state government needs to be involved in, or is it a you choose to live out there in in the farm ground, and if you want Internet, then move where Metro and it is in the city?
2: Well, but part of that problem is you got a state government that's requiring you got to do all this stuff online. So if we're going to require you to take your driver's license online or you renew your uh, registration on your car online or you do this online – they ought to be able to get online. So I do think we have some responsibility there. And there is a bill going through the House. I think it passed out of the Senate. It's coming to the House that's supposed to try to help the broadband. But we've got a pretty active between the RMCs here in Henry County, Nine Star in Hancock County, uh, New Lisbon Telephone. They've actively been trying to provide broadband to, to, to get it filled the, in. Yeah. Yep. So I don't want to do anything that hurts them. Uh, and I think the one bill that's coming this way kind of paints the RMCs out of the picture altogether. So we'll ha- we we'll have to look at that.
0: Well, interesting. Yeah. What is uh, what? I don't. What could you What could you do, um, in, in the state house to uh, to ensure that people get rural broadband? Like, what 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 would you do besides starting a? Uh, I, I guess that you could take it to the extreme and have a municipal internet provider or do you provide subsidies to uh people who want to come internet providers who want to expand like metronet would want to expand out to the county uh what what would be the the plan for that
2: well, we just need to take the rules and regulations away so they can provide i mean part of the problems is the rules we put in place i know new lisbon has taken broadband to the listville area yep and trying to go south of there uh, the rmc's over in the uh, in Hancock County, have been pretty active about getting it in the Knightstown rural areas. So, um, and, and this bill, that I'm trying to, I am trying to—I haven't read the bill that, that's coming out of there yet, but the state's going to lease the state right-of-ways. They're going to put in culverts that has room for so many lines, and they're going to lease those lines out. But oh,
0: okay. I don't want
2: that to interfere with what New Lisbon and, and Nine Star are already right. doing in our county. Impede
0: so. on their business. Yeah, yeah that, that wouldn't be any good.
2: Uh,
1: the final things we had on the on the list for stuff that was going through the legislature, I guess, was that the township consolidation deal is that uh, And we could talk about county government in general, because, you know, the Kern and Shepherd report came out 10 years ago or something like that. And they originally had come come along saying that they wanted to eliminate commissioners and have one county executive and either was it eliminate township governments or, mm-hmm. or in and now this was kind of a, a halfway where you were going to you had to have a certain population in a township, basically. Is the, do you think there's an appetite for that, or is it just going to be kind of as it is and this is, you know, the government we have, is the, the way we're configured is what it's going to be?
2: Well, I don't legislate by polls, but, you know, we send out those yearly questionnaires and it was over 70% of the people polled in my district don't want one county commissioner. They prefer it the way it is. Uh, they uh, They didn't want the elimination of the townships either. And like I say, I think township government is the closest to the people. Are there problems there? Yeah. Do we need uh, three advisory board members? I mean, all they do is approve the township budget. So who's to say that budgetary process couldn't be given to the county council to approve those budgets? They meet about twice a year, right? A township advisory twice board. Twice a year. They approve. It all, it all has to do with the budget. Um, but, you know, if if – if Franklin Township had had to consolidate, we'd we'd have consolidated with Spiceland or Dublin, or would we have come and consolidate with Nancy Mark or yeah Nancy Markham here in Henry County? Uh, I don't know that the service would have been any better for those people. And you know, a trustee makes twenty five hundred dollars or five thousand dollars a year. It really bugs those people in Indianapolis at the state chamber that they actually do business at their kitchen table. <laughs>
1: I don't have a problem well, with that. I, I read the statute today because we're, you know, we're uh, playing the uh, political director for Mr. Dakota Davis over here, trying to figure out what a township trustee does. You've got about 15 or 16 responsibilities, and they, you know, the, I guess there's all kinds of different townships. You know, you've got a township, center township in Indianapolis falls mm-hmm. under the same rules as, as Dudley yeah. Township yeah. does. Yeah. So you can, uh, you know, you can have private offices and all of this stuff that mm-hmm. goes into, you know, goes
2: into township government. You know, in, in, in certain, you know, they they're, they're, their biggest responsibility in our area of the state is fire protection. They're they're the people that fund the volunteer yep. fire departments. And you know, it's not so much the money I think they have trouble with around here anymore. It's trying to find the people who volunteer to be a yeah, fire. Manning fighter. up the the volunteer yeah. fire departments, yeah. But uh I mean I I was one of the people that fought to try to kill this bill and but I I have a, I used to represent Randolph County and there's a trustee in particular over there that I've had three or four complaints on. Because people still call me because they think I represent that area. What we were getting ready to do wasn't going to solve that problem at all. That trustee has not had a fire contract for two years. He was, you know, he had a complaint on Canadian thistles. You're not supposed to grow those.
1: Canadian thistles. Canadian thistles. Why? Why are you banning that? Uh, the farmer would tell you they get in these. <laughs> they get in these crops, don't they? Yeah.
2: So if he complains to Dakota that. You're the trustee that those Canadian thistles are infesting his field. You're supposed to send a letter to Jeremiah giving him so many days to cut them. If you don't do it, Jeremiah or uh, Dakota has them cut and you bill it to his property taxes. Well, this trustee's had several complaints. He won't do it. That, That taxpayer even went to court and judge ruled the trustee to cut the Canadian thistles. He still hasn't done it. So there, I got a guy that's not doing the job he's supposed to do. He hadn't had a fire contract in two years, but consolidating those townships wasn't going to affect him at all
1: because he's big enough that it doesn't matter. He's over twelve hundred person. Yeah, he was
2: over twelve hundred. So we weren't. So maybe there needs to be some changes made. I I don't. I'm not disputing that, but I don't think the bill that was proposed was the answer to the problem. Yeah,
0: it was. It was kind of ugly. Whenever I I read through it, I I didn't appreciate
1: some of the wording. I guess Uh, that that was the best way to put it. (laughs) <laughs> so we're getting to that point in the show where we probably ought to start wrapping stuff up. Is there anything, Tom, that we've left out that you wanted to work in, as far as uh, it, issues that you're passionate about, or things, things that we've uh, we've glossed
2: over or we needed to talk about? That you're no, I, you know, I, I don't take the job for granted. I appreciate the honor that the people, of the district, have given me over the past 22 years. And you know, there's an election coming up in May. I, my name's going to be on the ballot. If you think I've done a decent enough job, I'd appreciate the consideration again. And, uh, you know, I keep a landline, so I'm in the phone book. So if anybody wants to get a hold of me, they know how to do it. It's easier to find you, too, because that phone book is getting thinner and thinner. (laughs) Thinner. Now now
3: you just open it up, and there's like five people in there. Tom's in there.
2: Yeah, and I, I could go... I can gladly get rid of that landline because once it cost me twenty five bucks. A I landline. heard a fun fact today that more people have
3: an Amazon Prime account than they do a landline. Yeah. Wow, a that's nation. crazy!
2: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I can rip a
0: I
1: can rip a phone book in half now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't take a person. And I'm a weaker,
2: I probably could too. It's,
1: uh... Well, when I came, you know, I got to be the age to get a cell phone. I lived in Rush County, so I've got a Rushville cell phone number, and I will for the rest of my life. I'll never have a landline, but I'll always come up like I'm from Rushville, Indiana. Yep. Just because that's, you know, we're millennials will never have landlines. Every time you call,
0: it says Jeremiah
2: Morrill, Rushville, Indiana. Like, uh, well, I've that's always not been, right. I've always been pretty comfortable voting the way I vote because the constituency here is not embarrassed to tell me how they feel. <laughs> Whether <laughs> I'm standing at the gas pump or I'm in the grocery store. My, the joke was they never sent me in for a loaf of bread or, or a gallon of milk really quick because somebody was going to stop me and talk to me. Or taking my wife to dinner. I mean, I, I was even standing at my father's casket at his calling, and somebody was lobbying me on an issue. So, yeah, you know, but that's oh but that's part well, of that, the job.
1: You saw some of that with the speaker the, the, with Facebook junk going yeah. on too, where people people really don't know boundaries. Yeah, and they went to these church. They,
2: they, they were at his church the other day and protesting at his church. That's not a way to make friends. No,
1: and. and uh, that's not- yeah. I've, I think I've given this speech about five times on the show now about how about how to talk to somebody in your mm-hmm. position and how to you want to you want to be respectful. Right. And and even, you know, like Representative Westco, who's one of the most Christian conservative, you know, far right. He was behind. He was involved with RFRA when that yeah. came along. And he was getting slammed a month or two ago yeah. by the pro-life people that were mad at him. And if you're mad at that guy. Oh, my gosh, that
2: was crazy. Well, you know, we, we've, we've had the abortion issues been floating around the legislature. I don't believe it's going anywhere, but we there's been people in the hall with their Packards and their pictures, and that's fine. But when they stand out there with their megaphones and they scream and yell, <laughs> and and they they got signs where they're personally taking on a particular member, that's not helping their issue at all. No, no.
0: I get that. Uh, I I mean, this is just me personally. I, I feel that way about so many different issues. Kind of like the the wind issue here, especially with all... It's just been so polarizing. Pricing, yeah. It's been crazy. I'm just... I'm at the point where I'm just tired of hearing about it. And I hate... I, just people get so angry at one another over it. And it, it, it drives me crazy, to be honest. And
2: people don't seem to be as kind as they used to be. If, if we got time for this story, a time. couple of years ago, I came home at lunch and, you know, I get my emails. I do do emails and, uh, you know, 150 and I'm sitting there reading and this one had come in at 1157 at night and it was the nastiest email I'd ever gotten and him and his church was fed up with me. They were going to throw my ass out and blah, 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 blah. Well, he didn't sign it. But it had an address on it. I thought, well, he lives between Knightstown and Dunreath on old 40. So I printed off the email. I drove to his house. I did back into the driveway in case I had to get away quickly. <laughs> and I knocked, I knocked on his door and he came to the door and I said, are you Mr. So-and-so? Yes, I am. And I said, well, I'm Tom Saunders. I got your email right here. You're angry and we need to talk. Uh, where do you live? And I said, 10 miles down the road from you. And I said, I know it's really easy to sit in front of a computer screen at 1157 at night and shoot this off the cyberspace and think nobody ever reads it, but I read it, and I take the job pretty seriously. And I said, and what he was complaining about was when we was bailing out the banks, and it was all federal stuff. And I said, you know, if you want to jump on me about education and road funding and property taxes... Ditches, you go right ahead, but I said I didn't do this and I'm not taking the blame for this. Matter of fact I agree with you on most of your issues. <laughs> well, where do you live again? And you know, but I'm gonna go tell my church you came to see me and you know, so it's that one on one sometimes that you have to take. They tell me in Indianapolis you shouldn't do that. But first of all, nothing shuts them up like a knock on the door. <laughs> <laughs> so But you know, I I, I I've enjoyed I've enjoyed my time. I, I like to help people. And it's unfortunate that you have to use the title sometime, but it does open doors. It does fix his problems, and I try to do that.
1: So you mentioned the road funding thing. Uh, it, it's pothole season. So our, my friend Rob Kendall, is uh, he's, he's on WIBC, and he's crying about potholes and how you guys, you know, we passed we pass the tax, so they should all be fixed. Well, yeah. yeah it y'all are while, some heat, though. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, we passed the tax. We don't fix the roads. I mean uh, – but you know that was the number one issue for the years I've been legislature. The roads of Henry County were always the number one issue. It wasn't jobs, it wasn't education; it was roads and uh about twenty years ago or fifteen, we increased the road funding three cents, and I amended it a nickel to make it seven, and it didn't pass. And I said, they're going to be just as mad at me over seven cents as they are three cents, and we're not going to do this for another 15 years, so let's do it. Well, they didn't do it. But I voted for the tax increases last year, but Henry County is going to get almost a million dollars in new revenue. Oh, my and gosh, just this summer
0: and, and fall time with all of the road construction. I, I know that we've we've talked about it here before, but I drive a lot for my job along Thirty Eight. And it's, it was like going east out of Newcastle on 38, it was blocked. And then, uh, Broad Street was blocked and then Hagerstown, the part of 38 was blocked. I felt like I was getting closed in. So it's like you get aggravated at first. Like it's super easy to get really aggravated when you do that on a daily basis. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, I've been complaining about this road for, yeah, the entire time I've been driving it, and now finally something's getting done, so I should
1: probably shut up. Well, <laughs> but you're you're talking about two different sides. There's the NDOT side, which is 38 right. and 234, and the, the work you've seen yeah, in Hagerstown in 3. About, yeah, yeah. But then you're yeah. also talking about Henry County government will have a million dollars to yeah, spend. yeah. Yeah. And then there was a, I. I know the city of Newcastle applied, and I guess they're going to have another opportunity. But the the city of Newcastle has been trying to seek some state matching grants as well for their city paving projects. And I don't think they qualified. Yeah, I don't know what happened, yeah. but they were that we were at a county council meeting or city or their city council meeting, and there was a big blow up between the council and the mayor over not how how in the world it didn't work out or what happened. But um, I live just on the just on the edge. I live in Henry Township, but not in the city of Newcastle. Living in White yeah. Estates. Uh, uh, but I drive Main Main Street and Riley Road every day. So as soon as they get that sorted out, I'm going to be a happy camper, too. Well,
2: unfortunately, too. you had to have a, a road plan in place, and Henry County was lucky enough. They had one, and that qualified them for a grant program. Unfortunately, the city didn't have it. That's my understanding. They didn't have it yet. I know. I've they, seen a map. Or they they, they, maybe can, they, have one they can reapply light. this year. But well, you talked about 38. Be careful what you wish for because uh, the people that own the RV park about five or six years ago, approached me and said they needed a turn lane. So I contact Indot uh, and say, can we do something to help them? And the next thing I know, we're tearing down houses and cutting hills and I'm going, What's going on? They go, well, you asked for it. <laughs>
1: five. But it, t- it takes five or six years to put it in plans too. But I didn't know we were going to take people's homes. That's uh, uh I know. didn't realize homes went away for that. Yeah, we yeah, took
2: some either. front yards. I think we might have taken one house, but yeah. the people weren't happy. But we did take a hill out where a couple of people had gotten killed. So okay. I mean, they,
3: they did a beautiful job. It looks great through there now.
2: Yeah. So nice yeah. turning. Light I'm over. not
1: used to being able to drive through there again. I went all last summer, not being able to go down 38 uh, to the <laughs> West. Well, I'm not yeah.
2: happy that it's taken so long downtown 38. I mean, those businesses struggle the way it is yeah. without taking away their business for nine yeah. months.
0: Unf- unfortunately it has taken a little bit longer, but it'll be, it'll, it'll give our broad street a much needed facelift and it's going to be a lot better to drive on. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, it's it's really easy to complain, like I said before, but it's it's going to be a really good thing. I'm pretty optimistic; it'll be worth it. City council yeah. get it. Done. City
1: councilman uh, Aaron Dickham wants to know about 14th Street in Newcastle.
2: <laughs> you going to open that
3: up? We open that
2: street
1: up?
3: Oh <laughs> man, He's, Tom's
1: talking, blaming you. Uh,
2: we started talking about the kind of roads, words. and the
1: comments are coming in fast. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking, isn't it? It's like uh, daylight saving time, and yeah. and putting uh, Tom Tom. Uh, Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. I I have to tell (laughs) the
2: story. I made friends with former Governor Wickham down in Rome, Indiana, which is right on the Ohio River. And I called him the first time, and I said, can I come join you for lunch? It takes five hours to drive there. I mean, if you walk a 100 feet out, he's back door to the Ohio River. I pulled up in front of his door right at noon, and he's sitting on the front porch in his pajamas and his girlfriend (laughs) at the time, and he's 90 90 years old. She's 80. She's sitting there barefooted, and I thought, you know. We know they're having company. and So I get out, and we introduce ourselves, and they excuse herself to go get dressed. And he comes back and visits. And we go in and sit down for lunch, and Evelyn goes, you know you got here an hour earlier than you were expected. (laughs) And I said, you said noon. And she said, honey, we're on slow time. And the governor had the spoon to his mouth, and he said, you can blame your man Mitch for that. I vetoed that damn bill when I was (laughs) governor. Oh that's good. That's yeah that's rich. Well, very good. Well, thanks for
1: joining us, Tom. Oh, it's if, been if, fun. If thanks. people want to track you down, you got you got the Facebook page now. I I I beat you the last time I visited you. I said you got to get a Facebook page.
2: And Patrick's helping me yeah. with that, so yeah, you guys yeah. are going to have to. Yeah, uh,
0: I think we wondered if it was Patrick uh, the last uh, whenever we my wife Facebooks
2: I, when I saw. I mean, they want us to tweet. No, I mean, I do well. to... I'm sorry, I, I do well to read my emails and I try to get back to them. And when you know. I when I saw that one of the first
1: pictures he put up was you standing in front of a race car, I had a feeling Patrick had something to do with
2: it. <laughs> Was that me? Or my dad. I can't remember. <laughs> no, it was. It's
1: in the state house. I think the. Oh yeah, the they, donor
2: a sprint car. I think. Yeah. Well, I am a member of the uh, uh, motorsports caucus, and okay. you know we we've been able to bring some money to Henry County to help out the racetrack down there, and there are other racetracks around the state we're trying to promote, and I'd like to see a new hotel down there and some restaurants and.
1: Well, you got one, you got one really nice restaurant down there, but, uh, the hotel, what I'm getting married in July and I've got a whole lot of out of town guests. And it's, uh. It's tough. It's, it's tough to say, well, I we got Steve Alford and there's a real mm-hmm. nice hotel in Muncie they built and there's about three campgrounds if y'all want to bring a camper.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not easy. I'm going to stay of that conversation. <laughs> <when I'm talking. laughs> But you're talking about Montgomerys now. Montgomery, yeah. yes. I, yeah. I think that there are some Montgomery's different... been
1: excellent to, mm-hmm. for for hosting us. And uh, after I got engaged, we went
0: to Montgomerys. There's a uh, there's but, a lot of r- different, really interesting rabbit holes that we could take. Uh, <laughs> so many of these conversations down.
2: Well, and you know, I I have my own little economic development plan that nobody ever heard about, but. When John Montgomery came to town, he needed assistance. I was able to help him, and he credits me with that. And if you go to Willie and Reds in Hagerstown, they needed help, and I was able to help them. And if you go to Warm Glow Candle over there on 70, which used to be in my district, they were going to move to Ohio because they needed water and sewage, and there wasn't any. And the state was getting ready to build a new rest stop, and they were going to put in their own uh, solid waste system. And I said, well, this is kind of silly when— centerville needs to enlarge theirs can't we come together so i was able to put those together and they were able to stay and enlarge the facility there so those are things that i do my mother always told me not to beat my own drum but as a politician when you're you gotta, running for election, yeah, you need gotta to, right? kind of pat yourself on the back so i'm pretty proud of those those places are here and yeah, very good. Absolutely. If you can
1: just get white estates tied into some sort of sewer, so I'm not polluting yeah. the, the <laughs> big blue river, <laughs> it
2: may cost you. That's going to be a problem. I'm nervous about the invoice.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much for uh, for for hanging out with us, Tom. We, uh, yep. you know, I, I, when when we had dinner uh, at the state house a couple weeks ago, you said I know you had Melanie Wright on, and I got beat into having my own representative on the show. So I'm glad we made it work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean the no. to hold you. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: that's all right. We'll have you on again. Okay, We're going to get you thanks. up to where you know you're the the most uh, most uh, commonly occurring state oh, okay, representative okay. on the show right there we go gonna have that you on at least one more
2: time oh thanks
3: any more final thoughts Cade? um yeah uh tom i think uh we touched earlier on the kfos um i know when we had this episode planned i had a lot of people message me and uh, a lot of farmers and stuff in the area and say hey you know could you maybe bring some of these issues up we'd like to talk to him and uh, i said yeah you know sure I'll, I'll do everything i can to talk to him and um I know one thing that's going to be a big issue here coming up, like Dakota said earlier, has been the wind issue. Um, I think that's one thing probably our listeners tonight, you know, if you could just maybe touch on um, wind in Henry County as far as that goes and surrounding counties. I mean, is that is that an idea that you're just completely opposed to, or is that something you just think needs further regulation?
2: I think, again, it's about being a good neighbor and location. When I, when I mentioned earlier that Trump invited us to the White House, and I'm standing outside the White House, and I've got Ed Yanis on one side of me, and i got Butch Baker on the other side of me, and a county commissioner from northern Indiana walks up and says, oh, Tom, your ears should have been burning yesterday. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, they're telling me you're anti-wind. And Ed goes, I'm leaving. And I said, no, you're not. And I grabbed the hold of his arm, and I said, I'm not anti-wind. I said, you come from a county of 8,100 people. Perfect location. I said, but they're starting to move into heavily populated areas. Maybe not the best location. It's all about where you put them. And, you know, I get beat up. All I was trying to do with my legislation was saying if you, and I'm not asking them to do anything, I'm not the same requirements I have to do in Indianapolis. If I'm to vote on a bill and I'm, could make a profit i have to abstain from the vote and not participate in the conversation so all i was trying to do was say the same thing went for any county official or appointed official of the county and i'm not accusing anybody of any wrongdoing but the perception out there is maybe we're not looking out for the best interest of the county so that's all i was trying to do yesterday apex came to visit me at the state house they had 10 people which i thought was kind of overkill (laughs) Uh, <laughs> your office isn't that big. <laughs> no, we had to go to another office because they had so many people. Uh, and I said, all I'm asking you to do is a wind company. And they said, well, we should have come to see you two years ago. And I said, yeah, you should have. Is to say, we're going to do. We're looking to do business, let's say, in Henry County. As you gather your leases, you don't keep them in your pocket till you get them all done and then file them in the courthouse. You, you advertise you want to do business here. You file your leases as you get them. That way the public can have the conversation until really at the point they're doing it now, it's too late. They've already got their leases. We're already pitting people against each other. Um, I had no setback language in my bill. It was just, and really the law already exists that if you're a county commissioner or council or member of the planning commission and you're going to make an income, you're supposed to abstain from the votes. And I know they've been asked to do it, but there's really no teeth in it that says if you don't do it, you get fined $1,000 or what. So, um, you know.
3: I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Good points. So and like I said, this is going to be a big issue. I know with the local elections coming up, a lot of local spots are kind of up for grabs. And this is kind of one of those issues that's really going to kind of take hold as far as that goes. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of those people in your seat, too. Um, coming up here this year so it'll be interesting to get a get a word from everybody and everybody can kind of put something in on that
2: but I'm also you know if somebody wants to talk I'm available um, we had a hearing at Tri High a couple years ago on a on an issue and once again I said I wasn't going to say anything but I did I gave my good neighbor's speech and after it was over some of the farmers got around me and why don't you just put a blankety blank D behind your name and get it over with and I said this isn't a Democrat or Republican issue. You can't say it's a political issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I said before, in my position, it's a no. I mean, I'm going to make some people happy and some people mad. And, mm-hmm. so. A good compromise
3: will leave nobody happy. <laughs> so, but then, but then, the then the rules are fair. <laughs> yeah.
2: Nobody's happy. Most of the time the rules are fair
3: yeah no i, I appreciate the conversation yeah. on it and like you said if if you ever need to talk to any local farmer in this area i'm i'm up for that too okay. so
1: kate's thank farm you. tour is ready to go yep <laughs> dakota any final thoughts
0: uh yeah i have a I have a couple things that i've got written down here on my paper um uh, first one that i want to touch on is uh um i want, want to say thank you for uh, mr tom saunders for coming out i really appreciate it um it is Valentine's Day, so I have to give a shout out to my wife Audrey. She got me. And she she does listen to the podcast and heard me miss, mention Jordan Peterson uh, on last week's show, and she got me his new book Twelve Rules for Life, and I'm super excited to read it. I uh, wanted to put that plug in there for her. And uh, the next thing, I'm still trying to get. Um, Mayor York to come on the show. Still efforting. Yep, I think that I'm going to have to go down there. I mean, if a state, if two state <laughs> representatives will yeah. do it, you got to think the mayor of
1: Newcastle will do and it, and a
0: state senator, and a state senator. And I think that I'm going to have to go down there to the city council meeting Monday, and uh, and have a uh, have our our calendar out, and just have him sign it, so that so that we we have a commitment, and then. Uh, Another thing I want to point out is that it it sounds like, um, thanks to Young Americans for Liberty, Audrey and I are going to have the opportunity to go down to Houston and uh, see Dr. Ron Paul uh, give a lecture down there, which would be uh, really awesome, and I really appreciate that opportunity. And then uh, it sounds like uh, we might be – Boss Hog Liberty might be covering um, something about the United States Senate uh, Republicans debate. Yeah, you got uh, yeah. The, the MS debate on Tuesday night, yeah, right? Yeah, there, there's something about You're that. You're like we'll the have traveling to,
1: correspondent now, Dakota. Yeah,
0: we'll have to see it. We'll have to see how that goes. How did I get to be the traveling correspondent? I'm the only one that's, uh, between the two of us that's married.
1: I already bought tickets to the Henry County Soil and Water <laughs> Conservation Dinner night, so, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't want to lose that, lose that $10. Well,
0: but that's, uh, I think that, those are my only four final thoughts. So, All right. Well, Aaron Dickens
3: go. said he'd give you a letter of recommendation for mayor.
0: Well, we have the uh, we have the proof, the uh, <laughs> the photo evidence, that during one of the council meetings, he did write him that letter.
1: Right? He even signed it, Love, Aaron. It's on Tuesday. It's a, it's the same night as your uh, – th- there's a, the pres- President's Day, so that there is no meeting Monday. On, it's Tuesday, so uh, now you're double up. <laughs> well, you can't go. I can't do that. It's tragic. All right. Well, thank you, Dakota and Cade and, and Tom for being here. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Valentine's Day. We we appreciate everybody that spent the last hour and a half of your Valentine's Day watching us on the Facebook live stream. Uh, this is a, a great night. We've uh, got more Boss Hog of Liberty next, uh, I guess, tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, we're going to do a, a call-in episode with Robin Miller, the racing journalist. Uh, I believe we're still scheduled for that, so that's exciting. And then uh, we'll be back in our regular, uh, regular time slot on Thursday of next week. We appreciate you all listening, and uh, we'll see you soon.
0: Thank you for listening
2: to the We Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at com.